Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Raptors 2K podcast brought to you by Uber Eats. This is episode number seven. The time we really just kind of flying through these episodes as of late. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my awesome co host, my boy Shane. Shane, talk to me, player. What you been up to? Hey, Phil. Always good to reconnect. Uh, man, just, you know, manning AMP and uh, advising Raptors Uprising. Uh, you know, you probably saw that uh, Raptors Uprising did a big trade recently, uh, sent dimes out. And you, you may also recall I, I had done Crazy. the trade to bring him in uh, yep. towards the end of last season. I know like, you know, I, I try to keep the reactions authentic while we're on air. So I didn't ask you for your for your opinion on that. But you kind of said that trade was OD in the in our yep. little preamble here. But yeah, you know, b- did, did a big trade, you know, kudos to the team for pulling that off. It's a tough trade market right now. Um, you know, I was at arm's length, but you know, involved enough, I guess, to be able to kind of share some some insight like we always like to do try to keep it transparent here uh and otherwise yeah man just uh trying to navigate amp getting evicted from their house and for anyone out there who follows amp or the guys they'll know you know crazy stuff's been going on in atlanta kai streaming out of a u-haul and walmart and and all that so it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work but yeah what about you how you been uh well a little better than than being in the u-haul i suppose um every, everything's been pretty good i took a trip don't to believe Dallas everything you see on the internet phil you know that hey man I, <laughs> better than most better than most but i've been good man i took a trip to dallas last weekend for dreamhack uh, i was really fun to attend one of those cool. my first time in dallas had some great barbecue definitely lived up to the hype uh so you know i, I have no complaints about that's actually funny what we did was we uber eats the barbecue actually too <laughs> to the hotel one of the nights. So it kind of actually works pretty well with the theme, obviously, of the podcast for sure. But I've been great otherwise, man. Always uh, always good to kind of get back in here and just catch up on everything, you know, Raptors-related, 2K-related. It's just a good feeling. Shout out Uber Eats, and it's usually your job, but I'll steal the transition. Uh, what are you ordering for lunch today on behalf of Uber Eats? As a reminder to the audience, Uber blesses us with uh, with a lunch every time we do this record. And uh, the end of the podcast is triggered when the food arrives. So what are you ordering today? Well, there's a place called uh, the Melt, all right, and they get, they make this barbecue burnt ends cheese like just sandwich toast combination thing. It's absolutely insane, um, and it tends to put you on your butt after you have it. So I'm glad it's being delivered to me, so I can already just be in my comfort zone. Uh, so that's exactly that's 100 what I've already placed my order for. Be delicious nice uh and for me uh actually my blender was dirty this morning so i cheated and went and got a breakfast sandwich and so i i did not have my morning smoothie and i'm not and i'm going to a family uh birthday tonight so i'm sure i'll be yep. you know fed a lot of food so i'm gonna get oh, a yeah. smoothie here just something light just to tide me and make sure i got energy heading into the party kind of jogged my memory though one thing i could i could share with you story i could share with you all so uh, i was in atlanta for a couple weeks uh shooting amp dancing with the stars and and help dealing with the house eviction and a bunch of stuff and uh, i was staying at a hotel in what i thought was just a sleepy town called alpharetta georgia and uh, i found out it's actually like an incredibly affluent uh area sort of northeast of, of atlanta and uh the, the the first night I was kind of sitting at the bar and this couple came up to me and they're having this like crazy conversation, like really like just out there open uh, banter and uh, started talking to the girl. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, ah, it's kind of a long story. I work a pretty non-traditional job. She's like, trust me, nothing will surprise me. So I'm like, okay. So we start chatting more or whatever. She's like, you should come hang out with my friends. She adds me on Instagram. I'm like, oh, you have a million followers on Instagram or 1.3 million or something like that. I'm like, okay, so what are you doing here in Alpharetta, Georgia? And anyway, (laughs) turns out this is where all the like Housewives of Atlanta families live. And she's one of the daughters of the Housewives of Atlanta. But the reason why I tell the story is 
uh, they had this great burnt ends meal at the at the restaurant there and and it was a speakeasy so i don't know if you've ever been to a speakeasy but i had about as authentic of like a, a stumbling into a speakeasy and not realizing it's a speakeasy experience as you can have so i pulled up in my uber late had a call at six it was like 558 running with my bags to try to get into the lobby of the hotel just so i could get situated <laughs> somewhere quiet for the call and right beside the hotel was this big welcoming door that was wide open and i flew in there and it was like you know this hostess and then there was like almost a security guard there but it was a tailor and then you know something i didn't have enough time to really process but something didn't add up the pricing on the wall was all like you know 1920s pricing it was like 25 cents for your pants or whatever and so i just said okay this is clearly not where i'm supposed to be and they said no your hotel's next door so i went there so fast forward to the night concierge recommends a terrible restaurant i go across the street you know start eating or order my first thing you know not good i'm like i got to get out of here and find somewhere else to go so then I'm walking down the street and the tailor's still open and it's like nine o'clock on like a Thursday and there's like club music playing out of the speaker out front of the tailor. So I walk in, it's a different hostess, an older woman. And I said, this isn't a tailor, is it? And she said, oh, your alterations are ready for pickup. And she hands me a slip. She's like, when you get down there, answer the phone. So I'm like, on the one hand, this is a little creepy and I really don't know what I'm walking into. On the other yeah. hand, I'm super intrigued. And I literally was sitting in my room an hour ago thinking, should I just order something through Uber Eats delivered to me or should I go explore Alpharetta, Georgia? Again, thinking I'm in some small town. Anyway, go down down the stairs and it's like one of the best executed speakeasies I could imagine exists. You open up this room, it's like 1920s theme and there's just this super creepy dude standing there playing with a yo-yo. And then the phone rings and he goes, I think that's for you. And I pick it up and they say, your alterations are ready. And I said, great. And then I hear a, a, a buzz and this like freezer door swings open. And sure enough, it's this amazing bar, restaurant, bowling alley, live music. And this is where wow. I met the kids what? of the Housewives of Atlanta. So. Pretty cool experience. And one of those things where it's like you're sitting on your bed kind of tired after a long week and you're like, yeah. should I go out or should I just stay in? And I went out and it served me well. So for, uh, what is it called? They say uh, fortune favors the brave, y'all. So get out there. Don't stay in your hotel rooms. Go explore the small towns. You never know where you may be at. Seriously, I got that's incredible. That is a that is a heck of a tale. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those, like you know, the guy who made that is like passionate about these kind of like speakeasy experiences, Definitely. and like most people probably show up having an idea of where they're going, whereas I had just like the purest uh, experience that you could possibly imagine for one of those. Back to Raptors stuff because this is the Raptors 2K podcast. So you said to me before the show, before the call started, that trade was OD. Talk to me. What, what, are, what are your thoughts? What are your questions? What are your thoughts about the, the, the dimes trade? Well, the, the thing for me that's the most like uh, intriguing is like from podcast to podcast, we, it, he's just not on the team. Anymore. Like we were talking about last time, episode six, we were talking about like the impact that could be happening, like getting some of these guys together who are just really just comfortable with each other. And then like, you know, we transitioned like a couple weeks out and sure enough, he's not even on the team anymore. So when I say OD, I just mean like anything can happen within like, you know, these these organizations, the 2K League. Like it's a it's an ever-changing kind of like, you know, system of cogs. You know, everything, you know, can go in just plug and play every different direction you want to go. So, I mean, hey, I mean, I wish, you know, wishing the best, wishing the best for your team. Obviously, like with the exchange, it's just nuts uh, just how quickly things can just like boom, you know. Yeah, it's totally. one of those things where it's like you got to own a lot of jerseys. You know, you got to own a lot of jerseys. <laughs> these players, you know? Well, and for dimes, it was one jersey for four years, and now all of a sudden, three. You know, in a much shorter span of time. And and we yeah. should mention uh, we're bringing on Kevin Trong. We refer to him as K Tron. He is the esports manager uh, at MLSE uh, that succeeded me when I left for AMP. Uh, we'll bring him on in, in, in shortly. But maybe just to wrap up this kind of uh, storyline. So you know, I'll I'll share a little bit of insight because that's what we like to do here about the trade. So Please. we brought dimes in last year. It was just 
just a no-brainer. We were really struggling. Uh, Reese Mode, you know, one of my favorite people I've ever had on the team, just a great dude, uh, just really fell off from his rookie season with us to his second season. And we had just, you know, a lack of scoring in our backcourt. And so we pulled off this trade. It was a really tough trade market because everyone had a chance still like the ticket, the opportunities into the playoffs or the ticket had doubled because now there was an East and West ticket winner. Um, A whole bunch of reasons why people were kind of like, Oh, I think I'm one more week of practice away from my team finding its stride. And so there were a lot of hesitancy there to do trades and the pandemic also made things, you know, we were still in the pandemic it made things somewhat complicated. Bottom line is we pull off the trade. We trade a second round pick plus a player plus Reese mode four dimes. He comes in, you know, everyone's super excited. We, we blow the nets out of the water and they were really hot at the time. And that was like yeah. an hour after he had arrived in Toronto. Everyone remembers that story. This offseason, I mean, certainly went into the offseason thinking Dimes and Kenny would be our backcourt duo. And we were super excited about that and also knew that we had a you know a lottery pick. So, hey, maybe we're getting, you know, that best lock in the Lee or in the draft pool type scenario. Um, but the more that we looked at the pool and talked about, you know, what we wanted to do with the roster, it became clear that we need to figure out some other roles. And we wanted to actually look at a guard with that six overall pick. Uh, Dimes randomly around the time that those conversations were happening, like unbeknownst to us, just started playing center in Pro-Am and showed promise at center. And our analysis from a coaching perspective was, hey, you know, while while the game is kind of changing for guards, you know, Dimes has this really high IQ. He understands spacing and timing and, you know, quite frankly, a lot of stuff that you could do as a center and perhaps coach and help uh, a rookie guard. So that's kind of when we started looking, okay, what does the guard market look like? And I'll say like our draft, we had four different draft strategies in motion at the same time. And all of them evolved over months. And, you know, we ended up going with what made most sense at the time that it did. Um, but it obviously wasn't working. I mean, you know, I would say it's 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 frustrating because we had like a really strong, uh, a tough start to the boot camp, And there was mm-hmm. this meeting that they called me in for where it was like a level set. And I would say like there were some definitely some attitude issues, right? Like I didn't see the right kind of like we can work through this that I wanted to see on that call. And I won't name names, but um, there was definitely some things where I'm like, this is just the wrong mentality to have two weeks into boot camp, right? Just sort of like defeated, given up, et cetera. And then from that meeting on boot camp kind of got better and then we came out of the gate really hot we qualified for the first tournament i think had it not been a best of one had we not played a team that made it to the finals we would have gone a lot deeper in that tournament maybe even all the way who knows but team looked good in 5v5 3v3 things didn't quite work out and what i will say is you know we kind of drafted fanta with 3v3 in mind he's a stage player he's a pure scorer you know we felt like we have really high iq defenders on the team let's put like one crazy scorer in the backcourt and and you know and if nothing else even if 5v5 isn't our isn't our thing we'll have success in 3v3 it's funny if you look at the 3v3 champions it was the wizards with day fry at point guard Right. So just not the like iso ball dribbling, scoring 3v3 meta that I think we all expected uh, really defensively based. Right. So so total, you know, reality check for us. And then, you know, got back into 5v5. But at that point, it was like we had lost all of our momentum. We missed the 3v3 tournament. You know, egos come into play, attitude shifts, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I think, you know, what we sort of looked at is mainly just shaking up the room. Right. And uh, and also, you know, Plondo came out season one and was like ROI finalist and, you know, always showed a lot of promise. But he's like a really stable, predictable center. You kind of know what you're going to get. And my thinking was and, you know, this is not my decision, but, you know, as they were sharing with me some of the options, my thinking was if, if we have this awesome stage player in Fanta who hasn't really been able to find his offensive prowess, you know, this season with us, uh, maybe having, you know, a little bit less you know, from the center, maybe someone who's just a little more stable, predictable, as opposed to someone who's going to be really dynamic the way that Dimes was playing, gives gotcha. him the kind of comfort to sort of do his his ISO thing. 
if that makes yeah. sense. And so no, it it's kind of where uh, where things shook out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like it comes down to really just fit, right? Like, I mean, you said it best too. Like, you got to kind of have the matching attitude as well, because um, I mean, you know, it's it's a competitive league. You're going to face a lot of adversity. You got to be able to adapt on the fly and stuff like that. So, it's a puzzle, as long as you're man. giving your offense the best chance to shine, I think you're just making the right calls because you have to, right? You have to like try. Well, and look at the team since Plondo got there, right? So, I mean, game one was competitive, but, you know, you can't really put much much uh, emphasis on, you know, a team that's only had a couple days of practice, yeah, you know, yeah. did not make the turn, but just close games, man. I mean, you know, the second seed in the East is Gen G. They've got the first overall draft pick, Gallo, this year. You know, they're a really strong stacked team, and we lost by one point to them, and we, and we held them to 63 points, right? So the defense is clearly clicking, and if you look at our three-point shooting, it was abysmal. Imagine we knocked down three more threes. It's like a blowout, you know, by 2K League's standards with really strong yeah, yeah. defense so it's like it's right there and i'm still a believer i you know I'm, i wouldn't say i'm just like an eternal optimist like i try to be realistic with these things especially <laughs> when it comes to managing the roster because you have to you have to think ahead about asset value too right like if there's an opportunity to send someone who's got value somewhere because we know it's not going to work out long term here you got to be having those thoughts perhaps with that in mind we should bring in katron the man behind uh the reins here uh, of raptors uprising this season and uh yeah, the new 100%. esports manager yeah, I was going to say, man, I mean, you're, you're throwing out all these gems right here. I hope he's catching a few. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he knows my number. He knows my number. Oh. He can call me anytime. Welcome. And I always do. You know that. <laughs> there you go. Love to see you. How are you doing today, brother? Appreciate you taking some time to join us. No, I appreciate being here. It's uh, I've been meaning to meet you, Phil, so really happy we get to do it now. But uh, Absolutely. no, it's been really enjoyable listening to you both and, and just happy to be here. Happy to have the opportunity to try to succeed Shane he's obviously very big shoes um but uh no it's yeah just, just overall happy to be here man what's your take on my breakdown of uh, of the trade anything you cringed at anything you would change or correct no that I mean that was it it, it was accurate I mean the, the trade was both sad and exciting because it's it's sad because it finally felt like because we just beat the 76ers when we when we traded him that night and mm -hmm. like our team just clicked and it's like i think that was the most exciting thing for our team when we first drafted everyone together so when we saw them play together and they played their at the potential they were very good but i think one of the examples i've used for if it's a good example or a bad example is is like is it, we're like the lakers it's like you have lebron ad westbrook you're like really good people but sometimes they just don't click the puzzle doesn't yeah. fit and say and we, we had to change something um so it was sad because I love, like, I really liked the guy. I liked Dimes, really connected with him. Our team was starting to click, but it was kind of shaky. But at the end of the day, it was an exciting trade for us because you make trades because you think the team that you the, the trade is going to help you. So uh, mixed emotions for sure with the trade, but it was it was a, it was a good take, Shane. Well, that mentality goes back to the draft, you know, back in October when we were trying to figure this out, right? We had Kenny, we had Dimes, we had a, a six overall pick. At the time, we didn't know it would be six. We, we were hoping for higher, quite frankly, because we were in the lottery. But it was like, if we don't bring Dimes back, we get our last pick, you know, in the draft. So it's like, if we can find a way for either Kenny or Dimes to perhaps shift positions because we really want to use this lottery pick to, pick to bring in like a future generation guard who can, you know, hold their own in 3v3, it's like, 
we have more talent than we figured we would have if we let them go and, and got someone in the last round of the draft, right? And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, oh my God, Dimes is playing center in Pro-Am and looking really good at it. It's like the universe is aligning for us or the planets are aligning for us in a way where, and still at that point, you know, Dimes is, he's, he's a proud guy and he's, you know, first overall draft pick, you know, first year and, you know, yep. convincing him to switch roles, you know, and, and kudos to him. He, he was willing and open-minded to do that. And that's, you know, why I was really, really hoping it would work out. But I think he still has the mentality of, like that ball dominant guard uh and wants to have that that responsibility at center and right now there's you know i think it's just a situation with a lot of guys who kind of want to be the guy right and we got to kind of figure out what those roles actually are well katron uh maybe for those who are you know hearing from you for the first time or have seen you a couple times in some content this year why don't you kind of share with us your background and maybe for phil too yeah yeah please yeah so obviously I'm the manager now uh, of the esports department here at MLSC. I mean, I've been a long, long time gamer. First game I ever started playing, my gateway game, I, I call it is Warcraft. So I played Warcraft 3, uh, Reign of Chaos, Frozen Throne, got into Dota, um, transitioned to League of Legends after that. But anyways, I've always been a gamer. I went down the traditional path for schooling, business school and whatnot, but I've always done some sort of gaming thing on the side. Uh, one of the pr uh, things I was working on was I was working with the University of Toronto League of Legends team as their mental performance coach. Because before that, I was working with traditional athletes on mental performance coaching. And when it comes to like the basics in terms of just eating, sleeping, the way you think, um, and just like the fundamentals of like peak performance, it just seemed like a huge gap in the esports space. And then when I was, I was connected with the University of Toronto, I saw the guys, these guys were playing 12 hours a day trying to stay up all night and then going into scrimmages being like, I can't focus. I'm like, you can't focus, you can't sleep because you haven't slept last night. It was just very basic stuff. And so anyways, had the opportunity to work with them for the year. And they were one of the best in North America at the time. So, I mean, that was an amazing experience. But what that really did for me was share with my network that I was a big gamer and I wanted to be in the gaming space. Nobody, like I was kind of a closet gamer at the time. And only people that knew I played were my friends, but everyone's like, whoa, you're like really into gaming? So anyways, uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I was Margaret, that guy in like uh, in like the nineties in school who like wore it on my sleeve. Uh or I guess like the early two thousands <laughs> when I was in high school. And it wasn't a cool look. You know, people were like, Oh yeah, Shane, the guy who plays Counter Strike, all my best friends played Counter Strike. Nobody mentioned it. You know, I was the only one who was like really outspoken about it. Anyway. Yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. didn't, didn't do very much for me with the women, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we, we used to go to the Look club. at you now, you're oh, married, man. You're yeah, now I'm an engaged man. Yeah, exactly. You're killing it. It, it, it was so funny because with, with Lucy, my now wife, she she like a year and she's like, I didn't know you played games this much. <laughs> I was like, oh, surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, anyways, while I was at my my current job at the time, I was raising a lot of money for Princess Margaret uh, Cancer Foundation, a charity I'm very close to. Um, and then when they wanted to launch their gaming division and just try to figure out whether they wanted to be in the gaming space or not, I was the perfect fit. Went there for a couple of years, built their charity gaming program, which ended up being very successful in Canada, um, the biggest in Canada at the time. Um, and then stars aligned, met Shane, and then just ended up here it was just i just always had yeah. the always was in the right spot at the right time it was one was of those calls say, go ahead phil go ahead phil no i was gonna say i mean it would have to align pretty well because like when you when you open up with like warcraft and dota and league of legends as like your primary games i'm like well how the heck did you get to the 2k league you know what i mean that's not like a traditional path but you know the way obviously mm -hmm. like you, you detail and stuff like that like you know gaming is gaming you meet the right people and you know you find the right situation that's actually pretty sick how that worked out for you 
Well, in this industry, yeah, it's yeah. like, sorry, sorry, Ketron. I was just going to say, you know, same thing for me. I came from Counter-Strike, right? But, uh, or mm -hmm. Luminosity, which was, you know, we were in 12 games uh, and not sports sims, other than we had uh, Problem, right, uh, in, 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 in uh, Madden. But I think, you know, the... the the industry, though, is uh, such that, you know, now being a part of those like tier two, tier three kind of team startups is a pretty fragile place to be. You know, like there was this heyday in 2017, 2018, everyone was getting five, ten million dollars. And yeah. I think, you know, became really clear that that's not enough money to get you there. Right. Like this is a generational asset play, just the same way as starting an MLS franchise, you know, in North America right now, you got to prepare to take a hit for a while knowing that soccer's growing. Right. And if you can survive 10, 15, 20 years years get through a generation you know you'll have one of those assets that's you know at that level but you know the truth is is that the esports business is the sports business this is a low margin business it's all about creating a really high valued asset over a long period of time and so for me it was like not wanting to leave toronto i'd just come back from seattle uh but wanting to be here plant roots etc you know there really weren't that many opportunities oam came out you know after i had joined mlse or right around the same time but it was like attaching myself to an organization that had the resources of mlse and knowing that the sports sim games weren't my bread and butter, but then really falling in love with the 2K League. I still believe yeah. the 2K League is totally underrated in the world of esports. I think it's a great product. Uh, I agree. It's got some obvious issues where like, we need to get the consumer base playing the same game that we're on. There needs to be a path from retail to the 2K League draft, I think. Like if we just look at the most successful moment, I think for the 2K League, it was 72,000 people registering for that first combine, right? Like that showed interest, That was nuts. Right? I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was nuts. That first combine was crazy. And yeah, that was like, you know, the buzz on social at that point in time was just wild. So we need to somehow go back and look at that and what made that so appealing. And like, there's no way the game's fallen off to the tune that, you know, there shouldn't be that interest if there's a proper path into the league, I think. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it seems like there's always like a, like a blueprint there, if you will. Um, it's just like, kind of like, you know, all right, how do we recapture this magic and execute? I do think, like, the, the way you just phrase it is perfectly, like, you know, it should be accessible to all parties involved. I think that would generate way more interest, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just something that after, like, five seasons, I would think they would kind of, like, be on top of. But, you know, maybe it's a slow burn. Maybe we're getting there. It's just not, a, you know, not quite hitting yet. Yeah, I think it's both. It's like you're you're so locked in execution mode that it's hard to take a step back and think macro, you know, without like the resources to do that, right? You don't have like all these middle managers. It's still a startup. It's part of the NBA, but it's still a small team. We know them yeah. well, right? We've all we've all worked with them closely. Uh, great people, hardworking people, but not the same resources as the NBA proper, obviously, right? So it's that, but also just the game itself. I mean, you know, most people are used to playing the game where they have the ball in their hand, and when the ball changes hands, they're that player, you know, not specializing in positional 2K, and and I think that's one of the you know major barriers within the game that we have to figure out how to overcome to kind of like funnel people into specializing in like you know not being the point guard right necessarily mm -hmm. so. well, everybody wants yeah to and what, when i started superstar, when right? i started playing 2k i was shocked by when i played online the latency i was just and when i was just asking kenny and them they're like that's just the way the game is and i just if you go on reddit the number one complaint is like the delay in the game and i'm just like the, when they made Valorant, the first thing they did was make servers. Like we just got to have good servers before we start making like a shooter game. So uh, yep. I just feel like it, it was, was like hitbox registry. So yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like but it's funny because the, the whole message in that video. I mean, I was so excited about that video. It was like volcano. It was Sal was the one doing it, and I was like, man, like maybe maybe something's going to take over Counter Strike in, in you know in my top games list. Um, but they at the time said it's going to be all it's going to be primarily gunplay with like abilities as secondary aspects of the game. And I even saw a meme oh. the other day go viral where it was like a screenshot of the most ridiculous you know moment of everybody's abilities kind of culminating at one moment. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, this. this became more Overwatch than Overwatch was when in reality, you know, the intent it sounded like <laughs> was to make it a, a gunplay game out of the gate. Yeah. And, and I'll flag for the listeners, if you can hear screaming, it's not Katron's kids. He's actually at uh, the Uprising facility, the Bell Gaming Center, uh, where the Uprising play, and they've got practice going on out the door, so we can hear him every once in a while. Oh, oh, Saint is loud. Saint is, I was literally just in a meeting with Bell, and all I get here through the door, Saint being like, Oh, I know what I want, Katron. I want that Mustang, that Ford Mustang. You can probably hear him right now. <laughs> He's just always shouting through the door. And that Listen. table that they have, that custom Bell Gaming Center table that they have, is indestructible. Like Whoever made that table, <laughs> kudos to them. Shout out Mike at Ram Designs. Casey's Mike at Ram there Designs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll interject real quick, just something for our, for our listeners right now. We do have a little surprise for you guys. If you, want, if you, if you have a Twitter, if you want to send a Twitter message or DM to Raptors GC with the phrase Uber Eats Raps 25. The first three people will be eligible to receive a $25 Uber Eats gift card. And you can go ahead and redeem that, obviously, the next time you're listening to a Raptors 2K podcast. Why not? It's for Canadian listeners only. So, you know, if you want to stock up on your poutine or whatever else you guys eat over there, go nuts. Putin. Right? Putin. Easy money. Putin? Easy money. Putin. Putin. Have you ever he's, go to he's, Quebec? He's using a French accent. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, I, 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 I went to Quebec and asked for Putin. Like, Putin? I was like, yeah. okay, Putin. <laughs> oh, dang. That's okay. See, that's good. Yeah, man. that's just the like French Canadian accent. And worldly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's easy money, folks. 25 bucks. What was the code, Phil? Uh, Uber Eats Wraps 25? Yes, sir. Uber Eats Raps 25. All right, there you go, folks. DM Raptors GC for an easy $25. First three people to do it are going to get that blessing. Katron, just to tie back to what you were saying about latency, it's crazy because, so uh, Jerry, sick one, uh, the center uh, that we had uh, here for our you know undefeated season, uh, one of my favorite players I've had in the organization, still keep up with him to this day. You know, he, you know, he would not warm up and we would be in New York and everyone would be getting their warm-ups in and he would just be there like twirling in a chair. And the first couple of weeks I had to be like, you know, Jerry, like, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I, I like to, I'm not just going to let you, you know, be complacent, you know, like I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a nudge here to, to make sure you're warming up. Like there's no reason to just go into these games with the stakes as high as they are, you know, un you know, not warm, right? Cold. And he said, no, it's intentional. The reason why I don't do it is because the delay in the practice room is different than the delay in the game. So I don't want to calibrate to, you know, that, that uh, shot meter. I want to wait. And he said, you know, usually I try to get a, you know, I I like to get the ball in my hand and get a shot up within the first minute of the game. And I can calibrate based on that one shot. And I thought that's crazy. Like the fact that he can actually calibrate from one shot, like he can kind of break his muscle memory or perhaps the training that his mind and body have gone through from playing so many hours of 2K is that he doesn't have muscle memory. He can calibrate and kind of feel it and tell himself, hey, a little faster, a little slower and know how to like yeah. translate that to his his stick skills. Like that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, I, it, I <laughs> no, I know it's not awkward. It's, it's, I feel the same way even 
I mean, obviously I'm not a professional gamer in that sense, but because I'm a big FPS player. And if it, like, if my sensitivity is off by a little bit, like I just notice it, like I notice it immediately. And it's, I mean, the fact that the latency changes depending on where these guys play, I just, how do they calibrate so fast? It just, it, yeah, I, I, I don't change. I don't affect my settings at all. I've been on the same Counter-Strike sensitivity for, you know, since I started playing CSGO. I took a hiatus when I was in university. When CSGO came out, I got back into it. So I just know that my body is inconsistent. Like there's just days where it's clicking and days <laughs> where it's not. And it's like, it has nothing to do with the settings. It is just, you know, I don't have the consistency to be a pro gamer or anywhere near it. Uh, and I think that's I the same, like you, you look at sports like golf, right? Like I know a lot of guys who can pull off pro level shots. Like you can watch any, you know, and a couple drives around, a couple putts around, whatever. Like this is what you would see from a, a guy on tour, excuse me, but um, it's the consistency. It's like doing it 99.9% .9 of the time that differentiates the pros from the really, really good amateurs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what's exciting Same. about golf. You have a, a glimpse, a glimpse of greatness. But you just can't do it over and over again. That's what keeps you coming back, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so bad at golf 100%. for me. It's like one good shot a hole keeps me motivated for the next hole. If I have like a string of holes where it's bad, I'm like, let me get the beer and I'm going to be rolling around in the cart for the rest of the round. That's why I like uh, top golf because it kind of makes me feel like, you know, it, feel, it makes me feel like I'm actually accomplishing something. You know, granted, it's basically holding your hand, but hey, you know, it's going in the direction I'm hitting it, so. Every oh, time the, the range, the range is the worst little, yeah, the, the range is like the worst, like mental, you know, you come out of the, like I was hitting it so great in the range and you, you get to the course and you think it's going to be a lot better and it just never is, never is. Katron, what's, uh, what's up right now for Raptors Uprising? What's kind of like, you know, taking up most of your time? What are you most excited about that's upcoming that, that people should know about? Uh, from the team side, I mean, the guys are practicing 3v3 right now. I'm obviously not going to share what's going on, but we're pretty excited with kind of the different rotations that we have. Um, some of the most Let's talk about that quickly, quickly, though, right. on, on 3v3, yeah, yeah. You know, again totally unexpected so listen let's call a spade a spade the for those of you who are maybe listening for the first time or catching up wizards dg back-to-back -back champions you know my arch enemies even though i love the guys uh but they knocked us out of the semifinals two years ago took our championship from our perfect season from us and then went on and, and strung another one together and you know we unfortunately were not even close to competitive to say it was a rivalry by year two um or by the second year but uh they had a guy named jbm they drafted him first overall he came in and he was the truth i think surrounded by some of the best players and and professionals in the league and that's what I'm getting at is, you know, we're now seeing that, you know, that is the case uh, because despite him retiring, despite JBM coming in, going back to back and then retiring after two seasons, uh, Wizards are super competitive again, one of the best teams in the league. And I think the most shocking thing is what I was saying earlier is the 3v3. I mean, Dayfry is like hands down has been regarded as the best or one of the best centers, you know, in the league since he joined in season one. And, you know, they've got Nudini, who's like the winningest player of all time. He's like the underrated glue guy who just, you know, always delivers when you need him and is willing to change roles based on what the roster needs. But you had Dayfry, the center, playing point guard in 3v3, and they won. Like, talk to me about that. Like, that couldn't have been less expected. I mean, everyone thought the Wizards were going to struggle regardless because they didn't have a good draft pick because they won a championship and they lost their point yeah. guard. That's not the case. Uh, but, but 3v3 being most surprising, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear they have a system. Whatever, whatever it is, they just, uh, whether it be day Friday, like it's, they just, those three guys together, they're just on the same page. And I mean, Kenny was talking to me about it and just like, these guys just made fools of everyone. It's like they have day Fry at a freaking point guard and, they, and they're winning. And, and it's like, how do we start I mean, reverse engineering? Like, 
like why did that work i mean they're using like whatever two shooting guards like it was it was eye-opening because not only was it completely unexpected it was working and um it just changed the way we think of everything it's like you want to be innovative in the way you think about your team and how they play and whatnot but when you're not winning it's very hard to be confidently innovative you know it's like but the wizards they just had this confidence going into it they 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 upset everyone and so that's kind of the philosophy that we have with 3v3 is like we, we don't just we can try different rotations or different sets together confidently because we know anything like it's not the 3v3 in retail is not the same as 3v3 in league so let's let's do something different let's let's do what we're what we think works and um i mean i don't know how much like i, I can really share it but it, 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 you're, you're gonna be seeing a couple different things this time so I mean, Shane, yeah, you I let me know if you want to keep prod- prodding and you're going to keep sharing. I, I, I don't know how much this I, I typically am allowed to share. I, I think but, I uh, wouldn't I wouldn't share too much. I wouldn't share too yeah, much because, yeah. you know, that, that's what got Draymond in trouble with these uh, these finals going on right now. You talk too much on that podcast. <laughs> you got you to gotta keep some things, you know, on the luck. I, 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 I think the, I, I like the, the insight is... The insight is everyone thought it was going to be a shootout who can get the most offensive score. And it turned out to be really a defensively one game for whatever reason this year. Right. Yeah. View, viewing experience though, Phil, Shane, what did, what did you guys think from a viewing experience? Oh, I, for three B three, I've, I've actually really enjoyed three. Like obviously like I, when I, when I was doing the league uh, seasons one and two, like, you know, five B five was the standard of course, but I think the introduction of the, the three B three, just the fact that um, one, I think it, it, gains another level of interest from different people and you know who who like to watch 2k um and two i, I find it like exciting in like its own fashion because i'm always just like okay well who who are going to be like the three that you're trusting on the squad and what positions are you playing them at right so i always feel like whenever i'm watching it i there's a level of intrigue for me because i'm like okay who am i going to see perform and where are they going to be performing at so i think it's a, a great addition personally yeah, I mean, you know, I'll give you a typically long-winded chain answer, but I was excited about 3v3 when they announced it. I thought, you know, for me, as I mentioned earlier in this pod, and if you heard me say a lot of times, like the fact that the 2K League 5-on-5 build was completely different than retail was always the biggest issue for me, right? Like, uh, and I've used this analogy, but like when I was really into Warzone, I've gone back to Counter-Strike for, sorry, Counter-Strike. It was just a brief moment. It wasn't love, all right? It was purely physical. No, but when I was really into Warzone, when I was really Such into Warzone, kind of straight guy. Yeah, yeah. When I was really into Warzone for a minute there, uh, you know, one of my favorite streamers is a guy on Phase named Neo. He's just cracked, but he plays Rebirth Island. And the fact that I was playing the main map, like I didn't love watching Neo stream simply because he was playing a different map that I like to play on, let alone a different game, right? So I can sympathize why, you know, the the audience that exists on YouTube and Twitch for other game modes that are available in retail didn't necessarily translate to the 2K League 5-on-5, and I think that was the biggest issue. So point being, when they announced 3v3, I thought, fantastic, this is going to be way closer to the game that people play. We've already seen the numbers. It's played at a much higher clip than 5-on-5 is just among the player base, and that makes sense because, again, finding four other guys who happen to specialize in the position that you need them to specialize in like it's hard to put a group of five together for a counter-strike pug where everyone can just kind of call their spot at the beginning of the game let alone dudes who have to come into a party with the right builds and skill set and all that right like that's a big barrier so i was super excited about 3v3 i still think 3v3 has a ton of potential i think we heard fanta on on an earlier version of the podcast whether it was last episode or the one before say you know it's an unfortunate year for 3v3 to be introduced to the league because it's kind of down you know as a game mode just generally across twitch and you know within the player base but you know just a, a good you know 
2k24 away from or 2k23 away from you know being back uh and so i think that's huge i also think though like the league needs to make sure that they find a way to get all of those top uh players in it and that they're streaming their play to their built-in audience you know that was the thing that was most exciting to me a million dollars of prize money is nothing to shake a stick at but you definitely you know need to pay these influencers for their time i know not having not because i just hired them for years when i was on the rappers uprising but now being on amp side like i see the money getting thrown at content creators and you know the demand for their time and all of that like you know you really need to pay them to to come in you spend their time it can't just be performance based with a large prize pool so i think there's a ton of potential with 3v3 i think they need to you know do a couple things and hope for maybe a a a mode that's you know more embraced by the player base next year um but i'm Mm -hmm. bullish on it uh as a future endeavor for the league overall for sure yeah and i think especially the way the wizards played where it was more strategic rather than one person holding the ball i thought that was really enjoyable to watch and to see it work and seeing other teams start to introduce that into their strategy it's more about defense more about moving the ball and whatnot and not just about one guy holding the ball i thought that was it it made my watching experience a little bit better well and it's it's consumable it's short it's punchy right like you know a lot of golf talk on this podcast but you know the thing in the sports world getting headlines right now is this live golf tour where they're doing three rounds and everyone tees off at the same time it's a shotgun start like you know the internet is like craving just fast consumable content and entertainment in whatever format they can find it and yeah you tune into a 3v3 match in the 2k league and it's like really quick you know you don't have to sit down for an hour to consume one game so i like that aspect of it as well yeah, yeah, being, being able to ca- capture people's attention spans at this point is is just, you know, key. Because think about it, like, one of the biggest, thing, you know, avenues for, like, entertainment for, like, especially, like, you know, younger people is just TikTok. And those things are just kind of going flying by, flying by, flying by. So, <laughs> you know, while I, I, you know, I'm still a traditionalist, I enjoy a nice long game. I could sit down and watch, you know, a good, you know, three, four-hour game of football. It doesn't bother me none. But, like, I understand the younger cast, like, you know, we want, we want go, 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 go. So I think 3v3 really uh kind of <laughs> initiates at least you know getting you know some of that audience you know newer audience in or some of that older audience back for what they're probably looking for totally I, i'm definitely a, a 5v5 2k purist in a sense like you know by being forced to be involved and watch so much of it over four years like i fell in love with it and that's why i think it's a great product but i also understand the barriers to entry and i and i wish more yeah. of the casual 2k player base would be co- sort of find a reason to be committed enough to want to like really watch how how beautiful that that five on five game is and that was always the focus of our content at raptors uprising right it was way less emphasis on gameplay highlights and way more storytelling who are the people behind the game like if we can get people emotionally invested in these human beings and the life they're living and the story that's unfolding in front of them then they'll be interested in watching the game but it was really about focusing on like the human aspect of it right and i know you're Definitely. continuing on with that uh, great new episode of north code just dropped recently so uh, yeah and then so when you're coming back to there. some of the things uh, some of the things I'm excited for it is it, it's I mean we, as we're ramping up all their fan programs like our, our 6-2K show um, the Uber Eats podcast watch parties and whatnot it's like those have been really great to note learn our community but at the same time next episode of uh, North Code's coming out uh, what end of next week uh, and we got a bunch of other uh, fan fan things we got uh, in, in the works so I'm really excited for those different activations coming out this summer. 
Well, it has always been uh, beneficial to be a Raptors Uprising fan. I think we we bless the audience, the fan base, with more content, experiences, prizes than just about anyone, if not anyone in the league. And uh, sounds like that's not going to slow down under Katron's reign. So, you know, all all you out there who are listening, make sure you stay locked on the social channels. I I have caught uh, a little bit of a sneak peek at some of the stuff coming out over the next month or so, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity to win some awesome prizing and get involved in some cool experiences and stuff. So make sure you stay tuned. Love it. Yep. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You guys heard that. My doorbell just rang. You know what that means. The Uber Eats has arrived. Let me give me one sec. Shane, I don't know how your Uber Eats always gets his always gets here before mine. I feel like this is a targeted thing towards me, and I don't understand why as an Uber Eats. Wait, dwells, oh, you got but the street. Yes, it's not a troll. The streak continues. It's like seven. This is seven. Podcast in a row, he always gets his before mine. I'm, I'm we may need to talk to the what producer. Did you, what, 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 what did you order, Shane? Smoothie. Uh, oh, yes. I was oh, telling yeah, at the beginning. Show. I was, yeah, oh, you heard, you heard. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to do my smoothie this morning, and I don't want to eat another meal because I'm going to go to my family birthday or my family's birthday party, and it's going to be you know, lots of food. So, you know, oh, yeah, summer. Yeah. It's cutting season. Okay, we, order, we order these guys Uber Eats almost every day, and it's like we need a different list of food. We, we're eating like burritos and burgers and fries every day i'm just like are you, you guess i feel clogged up or something <laughs> i just feel sleepy after one of these. you can tell they're happy they don't have rico as their coach because you know he wouldn't let that fly <laughs> i know we, we got, we got meal prep. catering for them on game days now on game days we have catering from uh, the chef uh the kitchen upstairs in the argos uh, oh, nice. uh area shane yeah just so that you oh, guys, cool. i mean last time they had cajun chicken they had salmon i mean all the good stuff but on off days man these guys I used to make them win to get free food. I think that's what's going on here, Katron. You're too soft. You're giving them too much of the the benefits without the results. You might be right. Honestly, I think I need more of that that whip, you know, just the... (laughs) I I know, you're the new guy. You want to make it... You want everyone to love you. You want everyone to love you. Good impression. I want to be Santa Claus. (laughs) Exactly. 100%, 100%. But definitely on the uh, the next follow-up podcast, we'll have to find out if if, if, uh, Kevin put some of those... uh, initiatives into action as far as like hey win or you don't eat you know like hey you know it could be a good motivator i don't know it would motivate yeah, me i mean yeah. i spoke we, to we, shane we blame him water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah shane says you guys aren't eating till you no win. no no I, I don't advise holding back water unless they win they need water they're just they're human yeah yeah, yeah. there you go that's fair that's fair oh, but, uh, guys this is this has been a great episode uh seriously as always shane Appreciate you uh, you joining me, man. Us just kind of rocking the mic. Kevin, thank you so much. for. I know you're a busy guy, man, but appreciate you sharing not only like your story uh, and how you came to be in the position you're in now, but some of like the strategies you have going forward as well and just like some good things that obviously uh, myself, Shane, and just the fans and listeners can enjoy uh, about the Raptors uh, kind of coming up uh, within this next couple of months. Because I got I got a feeling, I got a feeling we're going to have some good things to say, especially on the next coming up podcast. Could be know? a late season yeah. surge. Well, yep. I got a yeah, feeling too, knock on wood. No, no, yeah. no, that's okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm an optimist by nature, but again, trying to be, yeah, be yeah. a realist, but I feel feeling really good, knock on wood, for the next little bit. Phil, Phil, likewise, you're always the, the consummate professional, the one person who's actually a content creator on this podcast, so always appreciate you keeping <laughs> the trains on time and remembering the sponsor plugs and all that stuff. Been great chatting with you. Good episode, Katron. You know, I'm sure we'll be. In yeah, no, Shane. I'm in, I mean, you're a content creator too, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm impressed. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just pretend to be one for an hour every couple of weeks. Anyway, dude, uh, great to connect with you both. And uh, yeah. Katron, obviously, we'll be in touch soon. And Phil, we'll see you on the next pod. Take yeah, 100, guys. That'll conclude the Raptors 2K podcast, brought to you by Uber Eats. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And we will, of course, catch you on the next edition. Take care.